welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. It is the podcast where we watch the movies you recommend, and we don't know what we're going to watch till we sit down to watch it. And uh, I am your host, John. Over there is Jeff eating a pixie stick. Yeah, mmm, pixie stick. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad your mouth is good and dry for this. This is exact- nice and crusty and sugary. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, this is going to be a good time for me, I think. Uh, starting off the way I should, by putting stuff in my mouth and powdering it up real good in there so that my vocals are all gross. Yeah, that's real good. I'm that's real a, glad you did that a, right what, before we record. Well, you, I was waiting for your intro. You were supposed to spool out for a little bit. And just, oh, yeah. Well, you should have given me the, like, extend the signal. Like, come on, stretch it out. Yeah, all right. I'll show you the signal from my balls. Come on, John, stretch my balls out. Stretch them out. Flap them, do the bat. <laughs> Uh, so this week we got a super special one that we... I'm doing it again. God damn it. Quit eating that pixie stick. Do I have to take the candy away from you? Well, there's about one third of a pixie stick left in this tube, so... Well, just because it's close to Halloween doesn't mean you get to sit around eating candy the whole time. <laughs> but well, I consider every day close enough to Halloween for me to do that. <laughs> so, uh, this week we got Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, which, if you don't know, is the second Garfield movie... Mm-hmm. Not the first Garfield movie. It's been on our list for like two years, too. Oh my god, it has been on there forever, and we finally got it, and I don't know. I don't know. It's not as bad as I would have assumed, but it's pretty fucking dire. It's every bit as bad as I would have assumed, mostly because I've seen clips of it before. Oh, I hadn't. I had seen nothing. Yeah. It's, uh, it, honestly, parts of it just made me sad. But, but yeah, so Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties was rolled up, and, uh, oh boy. Um, let's see. To, to give you a quick pre-no-spoilers review in case you wanted to watch a Garfield movie from, like, four years ago starring Brecken Meyer that Jennifer Love Hewitt is in for all of about a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, here we go. Uh, do you know how Garfield loves lasagna and hates Mondays? And is... <laughs> Are you aware of all of the things that Garfield is? Yeah, and, and Garfield is basically just kind of a jackass all the time that doesn't really do much. Well, that if you, if you enjoy those fine Garfield qualities, then you'll definitely enjoy this film. Uh, one spoiler alert review real quick here. Unfortunately, in throughout the course of this film, there is no point in which John drinks a coffee mug full of dog cum. <laughs> Good. Great. Yeah. He also does never... He never misplaces his pipe and wonders, where could my pipe be? Oh, yeah, and then Garfield is smoking the pipe. Yes. Yeah, that, is, that also does not happen. Not, not in this film. <laughs> However, this film, Jesus God, has a star-studded cast. Oh, yeah. For what is one of the worst things ever. Well, it's all voice cast, because, I mean, yeah. well, we should probably get into this after the... Well, no, I'm just going to say. Sure. So it's got, like, your uh, John and Liz, your yeah. two main humans. Brecken Meyer and Jennifer Love Hewitt. But for the voice... Voice cast, you've got fucking Bill Murray as Garfield and Tim Curry as his Prince and the Popper double. Yeah, yeah, and Tim Field Currifant, Mo- the the famous uh, British in- explorer Tim Field Currifant doing the voice of Prince. No, no. but Pe- we're, we're talking about Pennywise the Clown, Tim Curry. We're talking about Clues the Butler, Tim Curry. I feel like you're burying the lead here. Those those are projects that Doctor Frank took on later in his life, but that is always going to be his greatest role. Well, let let me tell you, if you had before this movie came out, told me, hey, there's going to be a comedy, and it's starring Bill Murray and Tim Curry as your lead characters, I would have been like, holy shit, shut the fuck up and show it to me right now. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's called Murray and Curry. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And, that uh, Murray Curry. Yeah, Murray Curry. And it's it's a thing about them deciding to open a Indian restaurant together. I don't care. Yeah. That's still, I would be like, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, it's directed by Wes Anderson, and everything's <laughs> fucking lemon yellow for some reason. <laughs> Uh, There's a whole bunch of uh, old, let's see, what are we going to go here with the Mamas and the Papas songs sung in uh, Uzbek for some reason. Oh boy. All the way throughout the film. It's it's all very twee. There's a bunch of, all the women characters speak in weird stilted dialogue as if Wes Anderson had unbelievably weird problems with his mom. Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. Murray and Curry. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you've got opinions on Wes Anderson. I've got so many opinions on Wes Anderson. You know what I like? I like when he centers things in the frame so that everyone in the world's like, ooh, look, it's a centered frame. And it's like, well, duh, that's the fucking vanilla. That's why no one else does that. That's like being <laughs> impressed when someone, you're playing Mario and someone goes, ooh, look, he picked Mario. He picked the regular amount of jumping. Oh, no, it's oh, not my. that it's centered frame. It's symmetry. He's known for symmetry in frame. You know what else is known for symmetry? Fucking mirrors and shit. I don't care. <laughs> Mirrors aren't known for symmetry. They're known for showing back what is in front of them. <laughs> 
I can't wait to talk about the mirror gag in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so also we have fucking Bob Hoskins, Vinnie Jones. We've got all of these people doing voices in here, and no one has done anything with this. Like, I, I have to assume it's the writing, but just, just so you know, this movie, if you looked at the cast, you'd think, wow, this seems pretty all right. It is not. It is awful. Well, the thing that makes me sad about this movie, I, I know Tim Curry is still alive, but he has suffered a stroke and is doing his best to recover right now. Oh, yeah. And it's probably not really going to have any major performances coming forward in, in the rest of his career. Uh, Bob Hoskins, of course, has passed away. Yes. The thing that makes me sad when watching this movie is thinking, oh, man, this is full of some of my favorite British actors, and it might well be each and every one of their last performances. Oh, yeah. It's like looking at Raul Julia, and you're like, oh, not no, at Bison. No, no, don't don't go out on Street Fighter. <laughs> For, for everyone else, it was the most important day of their life. And for me, it was a shitty movie I shouldn't have made, and then I died of cancer. Uh, yeah, the uh, the fact that there's this cast that, man, you're just, like, Billy Connolly's in this. Come on, Billy Connolly is in this a lot. I mean, granted, he's basically just in it to do a very, very on-the-nose John Cleese impression. Yeah. All the way through. But... Man, so yeah, the uh, that's that's sort of the spoiler-free we're going to get into. This is an amazing star-studded cast that is just the worst, and there are no jokes. There are, <laughs> well, let's get to it after the break. Yeah, okay, we'll be right back with more Garfield, a tale of two kitties. But we're going to do the whole review without Garfield. Gonna do a, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna it's Garfield, a tale of two kitties without Garfield. The review. Pussycat, pussycat, I've got flowers and lots of hours to spend with you. So go and bottle your cute little pussycat nose Pussycat, pussycat, I love you, yes I do Now there's, there's jokes in this, it's just that each one of them, even if it's bad, is used twice and usually within about three minutes of each other The, yeah, the problem is, the jokes are awful, but also, like, the delivery on them, you can tell that all of these, like, well-trained actors are looking at it and they're like, I have to say this. Okay, here we go. Yeah, every joke in this movie reads like an ad for Casper mattresses. <laughs> Casper mattresses. Did you want a haunted mattress that a ghost jumps into or something? Good. Do you, do you want to sleep in a big pile of what I assume is nails and fluff? Casper, go to our website. It's systemmasterypodcast.com slash give us a dollar. <laughs> Slash give us a dollar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, also in here we've got uh, Roger Reese we didn't mention. Yeah, well, that's because we were only talking about voice cast people. But Roger Reese is actually live action in this movie, and he also has passed away. Uh, he is, you'd remember him as the Sheriff of Rottingham from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yep. And he's rad as hell. He also did a lot of, like, audiobooks. Yeah, no, he did He did a bunch of stuff and is rad. Yeah. Uh, there's Lucy Davis. Who, you, who you'd remember from Shaun of the Dead, uh, I think. I think the Bridget Jones series, the original British version of The Office, and she's in this movie to do fuck all. And uh, Ian Abercrombie, who you probably don't know from name, but he is always that like older British gentleman guy. Oh, he's play, playing the butler. Yeah, he's the butler, and he's yeah. the butler and everything. Yeah, he's always playing a little friendly butlerman. Yeah, if you if you Google Ian Abercrombie, you'll be like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Oh, I remember that guy. He's got the beady little eyes, and he's always shirtless. <laughs> always shirtless. What are you? Are you thinking of Putin right now? No, I'm thinking of Abercrombie and Fitch. That's the that oh, was okay. uh, that was the joke I was going for. Well, I like the Putin move. Yeah, I like, I, I like that Putin move. I like you got go, there. I like going in a Putinly direction. <laughs> We're taking it Putin, baby. We're topical. Uh, okay, so let's start with at the beginning. In the beginning of this movie, Garfield is dancing. Well, um, in the beginning of this movie, it's Prince. Oh, that's right. We open on Prince because it's a narration. And for some reason, the opening credits of the movie are fairy tale themed. Yeah, it was like, once upon a time, there was a cat who was well pampered and lived in luxury. And it wasn't just that, but it was like, throughout history, there have been a number of great fairy tales. And, and uh, meanwhile, all the cartoon imagery while the credits are playing is like, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, and, yeah, it's doing the whole, like, page flip thing and the the like illustrated text pictures pictures of Garfield like tricking ogres and shit like that but then you know immediately after that it launches into Garfield a tale of two kitties which let's be clear that is not a fairy tale that they're parodying that's a Dickens novel yeah that's Prince and the Popper not not a fairy tale <laughs> well okay the, the movie they're doing is Prince and the Popper the title that they're using is a tale of two cities yes so nothing about this is actually fairy tale yeah there's no fairy tale happening here but that's what the opening 
I guess just because they figured that no one would give a shit. Yeah, they're like, well, we got to do something. We got we got to put something up here, and it's not like we could do a cartoon based on Dickens up front. Oh wait, <laughs> someone does a cartoon based on Dickens like three times a year. Ah, uh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, but they want more. Please, sir. <laughs> Please, sir. They just want some more. I mean, God, I, some of my favorite fucking cartoons are just Dickens shit that's been t- like the. Uh, <laughs> some of my favorite cartoons are Dickens shit. <laughs> just Dickens shitting left and right. Him and that lost boy, hot foamy turds. <laughs> It's been a weekend, guys. Guys, it has been it has been a, a time. It has been a, been a time and a half. I so yeah, you get this whole thing, but then we we go to uh, it's supposed to be like Con. it does this pause after it's like yes, and there was a royal member, and he was so pampered, whatever, and his name was Prince. And then it stops like it's going to do a full name, but no, it's just a cat named Prince. And he was a cat. They have to do, as if everyone wasn't fully expecting that from the title of the film. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not going to be an effective surprise at this point. But here's Tim Curry playing Prince the Cat, a royal British cat. That looks exactly like Garfield and likes to eat some sort of local haggis variation. It's like liver and kidney log. Wrapped up in a sheep's stomach, but not sewn off, and you don't pour whiskey all over it. Yeah. So he's eating, and it's called Carlisle Log, because he is the prince who is the official cat of Carlisle Castle. Yeah. Ruled over by Lady Carlisle. Who, unfortunately, dies. Immediately. She's, she yeah. d- dies off screen at the beginning of the film, thus setting into motion the film's many tribulations. Oh, yes. For you see, Billy Connolly is her nephew? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's her nephew and... and The uh, only other relative. Yeah, her sole living heir is Billy Connolly, dressed up exactly as John Cleese would dress up, were he John Cleese. <laughs> were and, he and, John Let me check. Cleese. Is he John Cleese? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. So he is... They basically put him in a John Cleese... Panini press and pushed down real hard. And when he <laughs> came out, he was, that, that John Cleese Play Doh. Yeah. <laughs> they just pushed down on the top of his head Play Doh, John Cleese mustache came growing out of his upper lip. Yeah. And then he was like, Well, do you want me to act like Billy Connolly? And they were like, No, exactly like John Cleese. If you, could, if you could put your best John Cleese voice on and please be John Cleese. Please just be John Cleese. We couldn't get him and he is far too old. Uh, so. <laughs> There's the reading of the will, and of course the the faithful butler gets to stay on and stay in the castle forever as long as he takes care of the beloved animals, and then the rest of the estate and all of my belongings go to Prince the Cat. Now, if you're guessing that at this point there is a two-minute setup bit where she keeps describing the cat without just saying the cat as, you know, oh, the most charming and gracious and polite member of the family, and and so that Billy Connolly is just, you know, increasing his John Cleese boner. Uh, (laughs) John John Cleese boner intensifies. <laughs> That's pretty much what the gif would be. That is correct, yes. yes. His jimmies are continuing to rustle. <laughs> His parrot is still dead. Uh, so, uh... <laughs> So, but no, it's the cat, and that will set into into motion some some horrifying plots. At this point, we get to go outside and meet all the barnyard animals that appear to be the only reason this estate's in in play. Yeah, the uh, there's a whole like there's a cow and a goat and some ferrets and ducks and geese and, and nonsense. There's a couple of core ones though that are the most important. There are there's a bulldog that's voiced by uh, by Ed Harris. Not Ed Harris. What am I? <laughs> voiced by Ed Harris. <laughs> This is a bulldog voiced by Ed O'Neill. Yeah, there Bob Hoskins. Thank you. That's just the name of a slip. Bob Hoskins voices this bulldog who uh, is sort of the the butler for for animals, I guess. Yeah, he's he is the like second in command. Oh, your your Majesty, we've got a big day today. Yeah, and then also there is a parrot. That's yeah. A parrot who is like... It's like Brainy Smurf. It's like having Brainy Smurf in the movie. It is exactly like having Brainy Smurf in the movie in that he complains, never does anything, and sucks. Yes, he he pops up every once in a while to be like, I should be in charge because I'm a parrot. I don't like the outside animals. And then someone will swat him and he'll fly into a building or something. And that's that's his entire characterization. There you go. It's almost like when they made this movie, they were like, hey, you know what the kids really fucking loved? U.S. Acres. Let's turn that into... <laughs> ah! Let's turn that into U.K. Acres. If there's anything the kids love, it's USA. Oh man, kids were crazy for the adventures of Sheldon. Straight and, up crazy. And whatever that pig's name was. <laughs> whatever that pig's and name And whatever was. that duck's name was. 
Oh my god. I can't remember anyone in the thing but Sheldon. Oh my god. Jane Leaves was in this. Fucking uh, Daphne from Frasier. Oh, oh, goodness. Well, okay. Was she live action or was she... Uh, no, she was one of the, the one, animals. One of the animals. So she was one of the geese or something. That was Richard E. Grant. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. A lot of the voices for the random animals, because all the animals get like one line and one little bit of shtick that they get to do during the big slapstick ending. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of them are like people from Game of Thrones or something that they hauled in to say one line. Yeah, it's just like, hey, we're <laughs> we're filming in England. Let's get every random British person we can They're find. just like, oh, oh sweet. The Downton Abbey Cabal is, castle is literally the next castle over go get me a bunch of like maids and shit and bring them back over here <laughs> go go get me anyone anyone who's not currently on a quiz show or a panel show <laughs> go get me them <laughs> no i'm david mitchell and i'm trying to do a panel show <laughs> no i'm sorry sorry we can't get jimmy carr he's hosting big fat quiz i'll we'll uh, have to go with someone else <laughs> damn i really had a great idea for a ferret that goes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, we, we get, not Garfield, Prince, addresses his subjects, and he's like, hey, as long as I'm here, nothing bad will happen to you. Yeah. We, we cut to actually Garfield. Actually Garfield, who is popping into his own house from outside. Oh, and we also get a narrator who's like, meanwhile, there's a different cat who's a king of a somewhat smaller kingdom. But just as pampered. For some reason, this movie seems to want to set up Garfield with the phrase, king of the cul-de-sac? Yeah, it uses the phrase king of the cul-de-sac several times. Now, I am not an expert on Garfield lore, but I have read several of his books. I've read way more Garfield than I should, given how not funny Garfield is. Yeah, I mean, we're talking back in the uh, the scholastic book days. Oh, hell yeah, when you got those long rectangle books of Garfield. Oh, yeah. I used to get those as treats when I had to go on airplane flights. My parents would be like, alright, we're flying to Rhode Island. You can have Garfield lives large or whatever. Oh, yeah. Garfield hates Mondays. Yeah. Garfield... Garfield out, Garfield out loud. Garfield, big fat asshole. <laughs> Garfield hangs dong. <laughs> yeah, that is that is all of these Garfield books, and I had a ton of those. Yeah. Let me tell you, never saw the phrase King of the Cul-de-Sac. Now, that might be recent Garfield There books. isn't really recent Garfield. I mean, you tried to look at Garfield recently, like when you pop open the, the ever-shrinking comics page, and the, it's always the same shit as, it's, as it has been forever. I, I think there's a conspiracy where Garfield is so boring that you can literally recycle the strips and no one would ever notice. Oh yeah, I mean if you updated the art from the early like 70s strips or whatever, no yeah. one would care. Yeah, no one would care at all. You just look at them, TV dinners, and you're like yeah, okay, yeah, it's still Garfield. Yeah, Check. sure, why not? I, I'm smashing spiders. I don't chase mice. I'm pushing Odie off a table. I'm touching cloth. <laughs> I've got a turtle head poking out. <laughs> yeah, it's just all all Garfield talking about taking a dump comics. I love lasagna and I'm hanging dong. <laughs> uh yeah. That is one hundred percent recent Garfield comics. <laughs> It got real edgy at a certain point. It got super weird. <laughs> I hate Mondays. Omar coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was a point where Jim Davis really tried to get in touch with the, the kids, and there was a point where it was like Garfield went, I'm a charging malaser. <laughs> I don't know why he tried to go into those memes. <laughs> don't don't get into there. Here come dat boy. Oh shit. What up, Odie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi John. I see your jimmies are rustled. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, that was a weird phase that, that they did. That's a very strange phrase. And, you know, people are always going to point out like the one or two times Garfield has ever been funny ever. The accidental dog come one, and the the, the whole series where Garfield wakes up because he's dead or something like oh, that. Oh, well, that's not funny. That's just like oh, we, we did a straight up weird, terrifying Garfield comic. Yeah. So there's a couple things out there that are people like this is the good Garfield. I'm like I don't know that there's good Garfield. That is that is the accidental Garfield. Yeah. That, that is the the fucking broken clock monkeys at a typewriter Garfield. Yeah. So, anyway, Garfield in this movie just pops in, dancing around, doing some shtick. Uh, let's see, what we established right away, because neither of us have seen the first Garfield movie, no. uh, is that this is a universe where even though Garfield talks to John all the time and appears to expect John to respond to him, John doesn't understand cat language. And in fact, although all animals can talk and to each other, they can't talk to humans and humans can, can talk to them. Yeah, the, uh, the only animal in the movie that cannot talk and is just a regular animal is Odie. Yeah, and Odie is... is 
not a cartoon dog in any capacity. No, they just got, like, some dog and were like, here you go. Here's, like, some Jack Russell. Yeah. So John basically moseys on up to Garfield and proposes to him. And then it turns out he's actually proposing to a picture of Liz the, the vet to, in practice. Because apparently they have been together since the first movie. I assume that was one of the plots in the first Garfield. There, there's no way it wasn't. Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Love Hewitt filmed her scenes for this, this movie during the filming of the first movie. <laughs> and they just stuffed them in here. Yeah, just stuff them in there. So, okay. So he's getting ready to propose to Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, or Liz the Vet. Yeah. That isn't... I always thought Liz is sort of an icy type. Like, I Well, mean, Liz always... I, there was a point, I think, in the comics where they probably dated. But Liz they're, was... They're a, married now. Oh, are they? Yeah, that's actually a thing that's changed in the comics. Oh, ho, ho. Yeah, so so that's actually finally happened, and the two characters are married. But uh, I, I guess they're using recent continuity then, as opposed to the 30 years of Garfield where he'd be like, Oh, hi, hi, Liz. I've got slicked back hair and a polka dot tie. Want to go on a thousand-year date? And, and then she'd be like, no. And then no, she'd flush the toilet. No, your fat. Yeah. <laughs> So, I, 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 that's just what I've always associated Liz with. You know what else strikes me as unusual about this movie, John? Mm-hmm. No escalation of Garfield characters. I assume the first one had Liz, John, Odie, and Garfield. I was expecting a normal John boy? Uh, uh, um, sure, maybe a John boy, but also a normal or an Arlene. Maybe, maybe. We do get reference to Pookie. Yeah, there's a Pookie reference, but not an appearance of Pookie. Well, they, they he throws Pookie like into the vet er, or kennel when he's going to put Garfield in a kennel. Oh, right, okay. But uh, I was expecting completely that it would be Garfield, The Tale of Two Kitties. And, and granted, I knew what this was going to be going into it. Yeah. But I was sort of hoping it was a fake out and the second kitty was going to be normal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the other cat is normal. <laughs> I'm going to mail you to Abu Dhabi. I'm not politically correct. <laughs> he says in Garfield's own first HBO special. <laughs> I interview both sides of the aisle. Oh, I hate Mondays and those clowns in Congress. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no escalation of characters. But anyway, Liz shows up, uh, and John is getting ready to propose to her. I, I guess that he was planning to propose to her with a big turkey dinner. He made the whole turkey that he made for two people. Yes. Um, well, it's John. He knows that most of that turkey is going to end up going to his animals anyway. That is true. But it's it's amusing to me that he made a straight-up Thanksgiving turkey for himself and Liz so he could propose. Yeah. Well, that's the romantic dinner you want to make when you're going to propose to someone is a full Thanksgiving meal. Yeah, because people are more vulnerable to saying yes when they shouldn't if they're real sleepy. Oh, yeah. You just yeah. get them full of that stuffing and just mashed tr- potatoes and turkey. And you're yeah. like, hey, did you want to get married? And they're like, yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah, sure, okay. Uh, unbuckled my pants. Oh, God. Oh, uh, God. Sure. Is the fucking Lions game on? Why is it <laughs> it's always Lions game? And just, fucking Lions. Uh, I am so sick of my brother lording it over me that he's a human doctor. <laughs> I just don't even... I don't know, sure. Why couldn't I be a werewolf like Randy? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, turns out Garfield has stolen the ring box because he's a dick. And before John can actually propose, uh, Liz tells him that she is going to a conference in England and leaves tomorrow. Yeah, that's some great contrived nonsense. Apparently, Jane Goodall is too busy taking care of a sick chimp. Yeah, so she is the replacement for Jane Goodall. They couldn't find anyone else in veterinary studies aside of this small town vet. I I assume that the first movie set her up as a small town vet with big dreams and aspirations or something. Oh yeah, it's a Hollywood storyline just with veterinary science. It just goes it just goes uh, in, in terms of who's a famous person they could get to speak at a British event about animals and animal husbandry. It goes Jane Goodall, some fucking veterinarian. Yep, that's it. Yeah, you'd think uh, What's-His-Face from all the nature documentaries would get a call. Yeah. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, David yeah. Attenborough. Yeah, Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood. Why isn't Bruce Greenwood, the voice of, of uh, late-period uh, animated Batman, get a call to do these voices? Come on. <laughs> uh, so, they, uh... God, I can't even remember. Oh, he John decides he's going to go to England as well and makes a reservation on a plane for the next day to fly to London. Yeah, let's just pause this for a second because what I did at this point was tried to do the same thing. Is immediately go on like fucking kayak and kayak and all that shit. I was like, all right, uh, internet. And then I also tried it on just a website for flights to London. Like like straight up, I went to an airline's website. Yeah. 
Uh, because because uh, when I went on orbits and kayak and shit, and I was like, hey guys, uh, please give me the first available flight to London tomorrow. I live in San Diego. I would need to fly to LAX first, I assume. Uh, this flight is impossible. Please pick more reasonable dates. I was like, all right, I'll just go to uh, some web to, to a, a couple different sites and fly to London, like Lufthansa and shit. Uh, please give me the next flight available to London. Uh, we cannot. I'm sorry, that is too close. We are unable unavailable to give you this date. Yeah, I, I mean. At first, it was, I want to look this up just to see how ridiculous the price is. Yeah, because I was like, I know that John is always kind of portrayed as a sad sack piece of shit who doesn't make a lot of money. And I can't afford to fucking fly, like, to Los Angeles on short notice. Yeah. Like, the $90 or whatever it would take for me to fly to, like, Vegas is still kind of annoying. Yeah. But this guy's like, no, I'm going to fly to London tomorrow, get a hotel in London tomorrow for... Who knows how long? Yeah, he doesn't know how long. So his return flight can't have been booked. No, because he doesn't know how long he's going to be there. And also, I guess he doesn't have to tell his work he's leaving? Yeah, well, I think I, he's I think a cartoonist. He's, he's a cartoonist, yeah. yeah. He's so he's I, one of those Jim Davis stand-ins. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so I guess he can leave his job. That part's fine, but he can't afford to fly to fucking London tomorrow. Yeah. It's, and also, it's impossible. You can't do it. I guess the era of people running up to, uh, to like airline counters and being like, I need the next available flight to Chicago. I left my son Kevin at home. Yeah, and I, them being like, all right, well, that'll be two days from now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what happens. Oh, okay. Please have a seat over there because obviously we need to get security on you immediately. <laughs> all up on you. All, just, all up in your business. So I, I, it looks like that era is over. But it was fun. I was just curious. I was like, oh, let's see what it does. No, that you can't. It is impossible. But he doesn't. But he does. I mean, at least with the Liz thing, I'm like, oh, I'm sure they probably have some ticket that they were already reserving for someone and they just switched something out. Maybe. I like to think that Liz is known for several days and she's just now getting around to telling John. Yeah. Well, she give a shit. Yeah. So, uh, so she's leaving and then he decides to follow and uh, he has to put Odie and Garfield in a kennel. Oh, oh let's be clear here. Uh, Garfield ate the entire turkey and said some lines about how the turkey was delicious and he did a slow dance with the turkey. This is my thing. I, I want to re- review what Garfield does entirely as afterthoughts in this in this uh, film. That's because this film basically treats everything Garfield does as an afterthought because it's just like, oh, and I guess Garfield eats something? Anyway, moving on. Yeah. And it's it's awful, but also the, uh, the dance thing with him and the turkey is going to set up a very strange precedent for Garfield, which is he's super agile and dances and is like slick and has rad moves. He does a lot of break dancing in this. Yeah, that's that is what I'm talking about. Like for a character that is supposed to be known for being lazy and not wanting to move around, he is constantly like sliding and doing like rad cool flips and dancing and doing nonsense. And you're like, this isn't Garfield. Garfield does not do this. Yeah, but CGI animal characters do. Oh, I know. It's yeah. it's 100% just some, uh, like, DreamWorks nonsense going on here. Yeah. So he does some flippy fun dancing, and he slow dances with the turkey, and then he eats the whole turkey, and that's Garfield. All right, great. So John has to throw him into a kennel, and also Odie, but they escape from the kennel, and they sneak into John's suitcases, and okay, let's move on. Yep. That's, that is that. They fly to England. Meanwhile, at Carlisle Castle, John Cleese, I'm sorry, Billy Connolly is, is upset that he isn't in charge of the castle. Yes, and so he has a meeting with, uh, what's her face, uh, Lucy Davis? Yes. Uh, she is the leader of the Westminster Group, who is part of a plan to redevelop this entire estate into a bunch of malls and hunting galleries. Yeah, it's hunting galleries? I think literally the, the, uh, the Amazon film description for this said that his plan was to shut down their place and then hunt all the animals on the land. Ah. And I was like, that doesn't actually happen in the movie. His No, his plan was to make spas in like condos. Yeah, he wanted shit. to put a bunch of luxury condos and hotels everywhere and there's one line where they're like, well, what about all the barnyard animals? And nah, he's like, it, I'll just shoot him. He's, all, all he does is take the, the barnyard plate off his model of what he'd like to see and just sets it aside. He's like, there, that's what happens to the animals. All right. Okay. So that's, like, you want to move them? All so, right. Uh, that doesn't seem that bad. In order to enact his evil plan, though, he has to get rid of Prince, which he does by putting him into a picnic basket and throwing him in a river. That's I think that's his plan B. No, no, that that's is his plan A. That's his plan A. That's right. Because during his plan A, he walks past a character just to set up that the character exists. Uh, a a big ass dog, like a big uh, Rottweiler, named like Himmel. Rommel. Rommel. Thank you. Yeah, named Rommel. So we just just 
just so that we know that there's a big mean dog on the property for later. And that is Vinnie Jones. Yeah, of course it's fucking Vinnie Jones. Yeah, obviously. So so Rommel, the Nazi tank commander of North Africa fame, is now a, is, is now a dog. Yeah, he's a, an angry, I think probably Doberman. He's like a Doberman or a Rottweiler who's quite stupid. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, and that's, so Prince gets thrown into a river and the whole time Prince is just charmingly stupid about it. He's oh just, yeah. Like he gets into the fucking picnic basket like, yeah, are we getting for a picnic? Mm, oh, yeah, oh, oh, a picnic. No. Wow, that sounds lovely. I'm looking forward to the chicken. You might even say I'm shivering with anticipation. I don't have time to stretch this out. It's a bit on a podcast. Buck, buck, buck. <laughs> oh yes, he king chickens a little bit. Yeah, he, yeah. he king chickens around a little. Yeah. Okay, but then he gets thrown in the river, and he's like, well, these aren't the appropriate rules for hide-and-seek. No. And then that's just the setup that we needed. He goes floating down a river. Meanwhile, the barnyard animals realize he's missing and have yet another inscrutable, pointless meeting where they all just kind of go, Oi! I'm a rabbit, I am! Where's the king? Oh, no! If I get thrown in a river, I'll die! But you're a duck! Well, I'm not a good swimmer, duck! Oh, goodness! Ba 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 Yeah, well, that's been our British animals. <laughs> So, meanwhile, uh, John unpacks it when he arrives in his London hotel, only to realize, oh no, Garfield and Odie are here. Yeah, and they come out of the bag right when Liz shows up. And Liz is not creeped out to find that, that uh, John has purchased a ticket to follow her to London. Yeah, now, that is amazing to me that she's like, oh, John, you're here, that's incredible, I can't believe that you would show up all this way. Oh, look, you brought Garfield and Odie, oh no. And... Is not once like, John, what the actual fuck is wrong with you? What the ever-loving fuck? This must have cost you like $3,700. Also, why? Why are you here? I'm going to be busy with a conference the whole time. You're an idiot. You shouldn't have done this. John, I'm not this even real creepy. I'm not even staying in London. Carlisle Castle is like three hours away. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, how did you figure out what hotel I'm in? Yeah, you're down the hall from me. This is... Real creepy. This John. is inappropriate, John. I'm gonna make you drink so many mugs of dog cum. <laughs> oh no, don't make me do that, Liz. <laughs> I hate drinking mugs of dog cum. I'm Brecken Meyer. You'd know me from the adult swim show. And <laughs> nothing else. Show. Oh, I'm sorry, robot chicken? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. on that robot chicken. He's always. You can tell when it's a robot when it's a Brecken Meyer character on Robot Chicken because you don't care about them and they're boring. <laughs> So he's the perfect John. Yeah, he's the perfect John. It's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the voices on that are just Seth Green again. Yeah. But every once in a while, you'll have a guy who's just like, I'm also here. Hey, hey. everyone. Hey, I'm Fred in this one. Ah, hey. I'm Breckenmeyer. So, uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> Yep, that's that's Breckenmeyer, and that's John's weird, creepy trip to London. And basically, the only reason this scene even happens is so that Liz can be like, "Hey, you can't bring animals here. They have all kinds of rules against that. They could get deported or captured. You have to keep them in here at all times." So they, he does so, and oh, and let's see, uh, John orders, or sorry, Garfield orders room service and says he needs to take a huge shit and asks where the remote is. Oh, and he also has a uh, oh, a me-sized bathtub with a bidet because anytime anyone goes to anywhere in Europe from America there's a bidet joke. Don't you worry it's there. How common are bidets at this point in London hotels? I God wonder. knows uh, I when I was in Ireland I never saw one mm -hmm. and I can't imagine that they're super prevalent. I feel like even if they, I mean it's the separate bidet that's the thing. The, the whole like toilet too. Yeah. I, don't, I think that's pretty much dead. Like at most you're going to see people who have that little extra squirt gun mount that's put inside the toilet. Yeah. Like you'll maybe see some of those still for people who like to have a nice freshly wet butt but but other, I, I think those old porcelain ones are pretty much a thing of the past yeah you know what I saw the one time I was out of this country in a bathroom mm. uh, female standing urinals you know what I saw one time when I was out of the country in a bathroom females two people killing each other <laughs> weird right anyway <laughs> at the same time yeah just no, stabbing each other no but I saw female standing urinals Sweet. Those were something interesting to see. They, I, they are basically a very low to the ground trough that you're supposed to shuffle over with your with your uh, underwear around your ankles. Yeah. They just seemed stupid. See, I would have imagined it would be like a scoop that comes sort of out, and then you would just kind of like hover over it. I could see that. What if it, what if it was a scoop with a handle, and the way it worked was you you uh, you it, it folded into the wall. And then you'd walk up to it backwards, reach between your legs, and pull the scoop up. And then you could pee into the scoop. I think I might have just invented a functional female urinal, John. I think we might be millionaires. I think we might. 
Ladies, write in. Tell us whether or not I just correctly described, uh, invented. Ladies. I don't understand why you guys didn't do it. Frankly, women, this is well. I know why they didn't. They're women. Obviously, they were waiting for a man to solve their problems. Patriarchy. Am I right? Am I right? It's the best. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, Prince ends up getting out of the sewer from his lake adventure, and he's wandering around uh, England at the same time that when. Uh, what is it, not room service, uh, the maid service, shows up, Garfield sneaks out. Yes, he sneaks out when the maid shows up, and he just kind of, they do a whole montage sequence of Garfield running around London, which is abysmally boring. Like, at a certain point, I was trying to remember exactly what song they play during it, and it's out of my head now. No, it's just him and Odie running around. There's a point where he's like, take the picture when he's doing the leaning against Big Ben shot. Yeah, like, do. do you think Odie has a camera? Yeah, well, who's he saying take the picture to? He's saying it to the to the audience, I guess, because that's who looking at but what's going on Odie must be over there with a camera but Odie is a normal dog yeah Odie wouldn't even be like oh yeah I'm gonna mess with this camera he would be like I'm a dog so basically they go to like you know Piccadilly Square and Hyde Park and shit like that they just sort of and, and everywhere they go it's just oh here I am I'm Garfield take a picture um and it's it's more of that weirdly active Garfield stuff where he's like jumping around things and doing like peace signs and stuff like that. I'm like, again, why is Garfield doing why that? Why does he even want to go wandering around London at all? It's Oh, I could stay in a hotel room with TV on a bed and have people bring me food or I could go walk around London and see statues? Yeah, Lo Garfield's wanderlust has never been established in, in the canon prior to now. No. This is a new thing. This, this is, is weird. This is right up there with the fact that he is apparently the king of the cul-de-sac. Yeah, you know what? The thing that makes me angriest at this film isn't the fact that it is humorless garbage. Mm -hmm. It's the assassination of the character of Garfield. Yeah, I would love to see someone manage to make two full Hollywood movies about an actual Garfield-style character who, like, Garfield, there's a crazy thing happening in London. All right. Send me a postcard about it. Yeah, because normally when shit goes crazy for Garfield, it's someone drags him along to it. Yeah, normally the, the, the appropriate role for Garfield is Garfield, the charming cat that has depression. Yeah, it's Garfield, the guy that is just misanthropic to a fault. <laughs> Garfield, le misanthrope. <laughs> Like, you know, you're you're expecting something where, like, Binky the Clown shows up and he just hits Binky with a bat or something. Like, that's what you're expecting. But no, Garfield's like, boy, howdy, do I want to run around an entire city? Yeah, so that happens. Oh, and then, of course, we get a scene where he has to bother one of the Beefeater guards. Yes. One of the palace guards and try and make him laugh. And it's amusing because Garfield straight up fails. Like, I was expecting this to be a, one of his little triumphs that he gets in this movie. Because for some reason, they consistently portray him as kind of a cool badass. Yeah, you know what they really did is they, they ended up tricking us. Mm -hmm. And what they made was a Heathcliff movie. I, no, a, a modern Heathcliff movie would be the greatest movie of all time. It, <laughs> it would have to be directed by someone, some director who's just out there and does crazy shit. David Ayers. <laughs> sure, I'm fine with that. David Ayers. Have you read Heathcliff in the past, like, six years? Uh, I, I only know about Trash Ape. So Trash Ape is definitely one of the new characters in the Heathcliff franchise. Every Heathcliff uh, comic at this point is Heathcliff doing something inscrutable while two side characters off in the distance remark on the fact that he is doing something inscrutable. Yes. That's every single Heathcliff. He's usually, like, he'll be standing there with a, with a helmet that says tuna on it in a meat shop, and then there'll be two people outside saying, don't order the tuna. He doesn't like it. Ah! Or uh, there'll be a, a random gorilla skipping down the middle of the, uh, the, the the lane at night with two garbage pails slung under his arms, and Heathcliff will just be standing there vaguely smiling while one pigeon says to another pigeon, he always enjoys a visit from the garbage ape. Yeah, man, Heathcliff is weird. But Heathcliff used to be the, I'm the orange tabby that's a badass and runs this town. I think it's him, and then there's also that, uh, like, what's his name, Tom, Tomcat or Allie? Tomcat? Top, well, whoever the fat one is, the one who also had a t had his own show and and had like a, a, a girlfriend, and he's just the third orange fat cat Garfield monster. Because I'm not thinking of Top Cat, who's skinny and looks like a Hanna Barbera creation. Well, Top Cat had a fat orange sidekick. Nope, that's someone else entirely. Um, I, I can't think of what his name is right now. It's something to do with Allie's, so it's probably Allie Cat. Maybe, but but he's a dude wearing a big puffy Kangol hat. Uh, and a scarf, 
and he hangs around with a whole crew in a junkyard, and he's the third rotund cart- or, or a comic strip cat that exists. Great. That's orange. Yeah, this was a thing that happened, and of all of these characterizations, most of them that aren't Garfield fit Garfield for this movie. Uh, for a second there, I thought you said Art Garfield. Most of them that are Art Garfunkel. <laughs> so, anyway, ODP's on the Beefeater guy's shoe, and then they, then they get chased, and that's the end of that scene. Yay. Uh, so, yeah, after running around, though... The like butler in, finds him. Yeah, the butler almost hits into him with his car, and then it's like, oh, goodness, Prince, I've been looking for you everywhere. And, How did you get here? And as I've been driving around... I had a large cartoonish meat pie on the back seat of my car. Yeah, I just, I had a mince pie just in case I found you. And here you are. And so Garfield's like, gets kidnapped and is immediately mollified by pie. Yeah, he's like, no, oh, help, save me. Wait, no, I'll be fine. There's a pie here. Yeah, oh, a pie. Oh. I'll eat this pie instead of feeling something. <laughs> Yeah, Gar- Garfield should be a movie about me as a cat, and it really isn't. <laughs> Garfield is depression, the cat. Yeah. John hates Mondays because they remind him he doesn't have a job. Exactly. <laughs> I hate Mondays because I realize I'm not contributing to society. <laughs> I love lasagna because having actual relationships is complicated. <laughs> And a frozen lasagna costs about $9. I can get a Stouffer's lasagna, and this will feed me for three days. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's Garfield. He's just a cat with depression. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> The, the, he gets taken back to Carlisle Castle, where Bob Hoskins, the, the bulldog, immediately pops up and is like, Hello, sire. We've got a lot of things to do today. And then, hey, what? Hey, what? And then he quickly sizes up that this guy is not Garfield. In what is two of the same joke within three minutes of each other, a, uh, I'm the cat formerly known as Prince. Yeah. There's, when he first comes out of the thing and the butler is calling him Prince and he gets out the car, he's like, No, I used to be, but now you can just call me Garfield. Garfield. So it's, oh, I used to be called Prince. And then we get within three minutes another, oh, I'm a cat formerly known as Prince. Like, you just did the joke. At least do a different Prince joke. Come on, do something with like Purple Rain or anything. Give me something. Yeah, uh, just give me a, uh, I don't know, maybe he finds his way into the kitchen and he he goes, oh, look. I'm Prince, and I'm under a cherry pie. Huh? His other movie is called Under the Cherry Moon. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, it's better than the actual movie jokes were. (laughs) You know, just put him in a raspberry beret. (laughs) Mmm, this raspberry beret is raining purple down upon me. No, he'd he'd just bite it and go... Wait, this beret isn't made of raspberries at all. <laughs> Wait a minute, you're saying that I, Garfield the cat, am in charge of this entire castle? So what you're saying is that this castle is under pussy control? <laughs> there, is it pretty good, huh? Yeah, there you go. Am I getting there? Yeah, then he goes and talks to the barnyard animals and he's like, I just want to hear what it sounds like when doves cry. That's why I'm slapping these doves. <laughs> Hey, is there any way for me to get a dish of cream? I'm sorry, I'm really reaching now. Oh, if I'm a prince, I should have diamonds and pearls. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what all we want. Some good prince jokes. If, if we just had a few good prince jokes. Man, if, there was, if this movie had a pussy control joke in it. I would straight up be like, yo, redeemed, five stars. A plus, everyone go see this movie immediately. <laughs> it's garbage, but they have a pussy control joke, so, you know, hey. It can't be all bad. Come for the pussy control joke. Stay for the pussy control joke. (laughs) Uh, But no, he gets to then run around in uh, Carlisle Castle while Prince gets found by John. Yeah, so Prince gets found by John, but he's also a fat, lazy cat. So basically he just sort of, oh, I'm the prince of whatever. You should bring me back to the castle. But because John says he's going to bathe him, he's like, that's more like it. I will accept a bath from you. I am dirty. I'm a dirty boy. Don't miss the fun bridge. Come up to the lab. (laughs) (laughs) I've been making a man. Uh, I bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> give me all sesame cake. <laughs> beep, beep, Richie. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Just, yeah, just Tim Curry jokes. It's is just all... Tim Curry jokes. If 
if we had Tim Curry jokes and Prince jokes in this, then I would be okay with it. Yeah, that would that would have sold this whole thing. Uh, okay, so he gets cat he gets picked up by John for a little while. Uh, Garfield is doing yet another montage dance number. Yeah, he's just dancing around the castle and eating far too much food to the point where the butler faints. And yeah, he's, uh, he's on a pile of trays so big that the butler passes out. He's riding around on Bob Hoskins with a with a jousting lance. I'm sorry, the dog that Bob Hoskins is voicing. <laughs> he's I, straight up riding. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. Just Bob Hoskins is in this movie briefly, naked, on all fours, charging around a random castle with a cartoon a, cat in his back. There was a point where they forgot to do the CGI, so a naked, <laughs> a naked Bob Hoskins with balls all over him for motion capture is running around a castle. Oh, I love the idea that Bob Hoskins also did mocap for this movie. <laughs> yeah, he went full method for this. You know, I also did my own mocap for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I did. You, you were live action in that. Yeah, but I was covered with balls. I was covered in balls the whole time. Also, did you notice me as Smee and Hook? I had <laughs> big hairy balls all over me. Ah, That's how ah, they do it, right? Smee's game. <laughs> uh, uh, Alright, so he just has another dumb montage. And at a certain point, uh, what's it, Wilson, I think, is the name of the... the... Uh, when... When a, it's Winnie is what he goes by. Win, yeah, so okay. it's Winston, I think. Winston. It's supposed to be like Winston Churchill. So it, whatever. The Bob Hoskins dog realizes that this is not the real prince and goes out to talk to the barnyard animals about it. And he's like, "Oh, what? All we have to do is pretend that this guy is the real prince until Monday, and then we'll all be safe." Bob's your uncle. Two Bob bit. Hoskins, your uncle. Bob Hoskins, your uncle. Pip pip cheerio. Two bit spam and veg. Two eggs. <laughs> Uh, Quick as you like, chimney sweep, uh, the, steak and kidney putt. <laughs> the weirdest thing for me about this is we get two back-to-back scenes about lasagna here, one with Prince and one with Garfield. Oh, yeah, now, this movie exonerates or, or puts lasagna on a fucking pedestal. Yeah, the weirdest thing for me is, so we start with Prince, and he's, for some reason, after we've already been told by Liz that if anyone sees these animals, they could be, like, deported or captured or whatever, mm-hmm. but they just go to, like, some British pub with them. Yeah, they just take them to some pub where everyone's watching soccer and wearing their various stripedy shirts. But what happens is they order Prince the lasagna and he's like, what is this? I didn't eat lasagna. But then he tastes it and he's like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> this is almost as good as eating Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> And just shoves his face into the lasagna and eats all of it. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, they're both a big fat cat. They can both love lasagna. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But then we get the Garfield scene. So in the Garfield scene, they deliver him a Carlisle log to eat, which is, again, just a bunch of calf liver and shit. And he's like, ew, don't you have any... Oh, I'm sorry. This is Garfield. Uh, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I gotta I gotta do some Master P first before I get into Garfield. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 Garfield, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Garfield. Uh. <laughs> he just goes, uh, I don't want to eat calf liver. Don't you have any lasagna? And all I can think to myself is, wait, wasn't in the last scene you were standing on a mountain of trays of food you just ate? What were those? There was just random shit, apparently, that he got. Yeah, so this is the first time he remembered, oh, yeah, I only like lasagna. Well, he doesn't only like lasagna, but it's been a while. I primarily like lasagna. I'm known for lasagna. So he orders lasagna, and uh, the anal- Winston, who is at this point just straight up pissed off, is like, oh, very good, sir. Fucking lasagna, then. <laughs> that would have been fucking lasagna, then, I guess. Hey, what? <laughs> pip, pip. Bob's your uncle, you piece of shite. <laughs> oh, you gob shite. <laughs> Bash your head in, swear on me, mum. <laughs> But he goes off to make lasagna, and... I, There's an entire montage where... Garfield comes in. Yeah, Garfield shows up, and he's like, you guys are doing it wrong. You don't know how to make lasagna. It's an art. And there's a big montage of them making lasagna, mm-hmm. and they make, like, a giant three-foot tray of lasagna. Yeah, they make a giant tray of lasagna with homemade lasagna noodles. Uh, the only thing is that it's vegetarian lasagna, because there's cows making it. I guess. Yeah, so there's no, mention of, meat there's, there. there's no mention of meat. It's just a four-cheese lasagna. But there's fuckloads of eggs, which is confusing, because he literally has the chickens poop out eggs onto, onto like, spoons so he can launch them into a mixing bowl. I, I, guess, don't, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was making the pasta? He was. He was making an egg dough. He was making an there egg dough go. to make the pasta. But the question of that is, is uh, wait, what, the chickens are cool with this? Yeah. Of course. It's, oh, yeah, take my unborn children. I don't fucking care. Well, I mean, they're they're chickens. I, they don't I, give a fuck. I'm going to come back around and eat that in just a second. I'm a Hell fucking yeah. chicken. Yeah. 
Well, they, uh, so they make this three-foot lasagna, and all of the barnyard animals get a slice. Yeah. And to a man, all of them are like, Oh my god, it's like kissing the queen! Crikey, this lasagna is delicious! That kind of thing. Yeah, I never knew I could have something so good. Yeah, and then there's one piece left, and this is the weirdest outtake, or, or like a fade out in the entire movie. There's one piece of lasagna left, and a huge tray of lasagna. All the animals except Garfield want it. Yeah. Garfield doesn't like, want the gar- yeah, lasagna. Yeah, all of them get together and like surround it and start like, like bickering, bickering and fighting. And Garfield's just like rolls his eyes and you're like, "No, dude, you're Garfield. You should make a distraction and run off." That's the it. fade out. The fade out is him trying to to passively break up a fight. Where he's just like, "Hey guys, relax." Oh, and, and then fade to black. And it's like, "What? How is he not the one who wants the lasagna the most? He is Garfield." Yeah. Again, the whole characterization of Garfield is being a huge asshole that wants everything. He should have been like, "Guys." I know how we'll solve this. We'll do a contest. And then all of them go off to do it and he just eats it. Or, guys, I believe as the prince of the castle, I'm entitled to that piece of lasagna. I claim the right of prima lasagna nocta. Prima lasagna. Prima lasagna nocta. Wait, are you going to fuck the lasagna, Garfield? Yeah, obviously. Duh. Duh. That's what I always do. I get my weird cat dick in there. <laughs> my weird cat dick. A Garfield memoir. My weird cat dick. Coming this uh, this season to anime <laughs> uh, check your local listings god damn it all right so <laughs> prince gets into a, so- a total food coma because of lasagna and literally forgets he's not garfield at this point yeah because prince has been bathed and is watching tv and is on a bed and has eaten lasagna he's like that was something I'm, I was supposed to do, and I completely forgot it. But instead, I've decided that I don't care for Mondays. <laughs> yeah, like he just sort of lasagna brainwashes a cat into being Garfield somehow. One wonders if this isn't the if the Garfield in this movie is the first Garfield at that. Regard. Oh, he's not the first Garfield. Yeah, this is definitely like the fifth Garfield. Yeah. who every time John feeds like brain-altering lasagna chemicals to. Yes, and then they turn into a Garfield. It even turns them orange it's insane it's the cheese grease it's it's the cheese grease yeah but anyway we gotta wrap this fucker up so at a certain point he sees a brochure that that odie in in odie's heroic moment in this movie pushes a brochure over near prince who goes oh my yes there's carlisle castle i was supposed to be saving that thank you odie you are a most respectable dog uh, and so he, like, I guess hitchhikes and, like, takes a boat and a train or whatever to Carlisle. And meanwhile, Garfield overhears, uh, the parrot and the bulldog talking about what an asshole Garfield is. Yeah, and he gets super sad about it. He's like, oh, they don't think I'm actually a royal prince and I'm not the coolest person ever? Well, oh. I guess I'll just leave then. It's like, no, dude, you abuse your fucking station. You, dude, you know everyone thinks you're an asshole. You don't care. You're it, Garfield. It doesn't matter. They just said they have to be nice to you. Fucking bask in it. You're a piece of shit, Garfield. Earn, own it. Yeah, you'd think that because you know they have to do what you say and you've heard them bashing you, you would be an extra douchebag to them. But yeah. no. Instead, he's like, I'm leaving because no one likes me. <laughs> so he gets ready to try and leave, but instead what happens is a series of comical attacks on him by uh, Billy Con. I mean, John Cle- I mean, Billy Connolly. Yeah, well, Billy Connolly, basically up to this point, has been continually trying to kill Garfield. Yeah, the big one being that he uh, gives Garfield scent to that that Rommel dog, and then they just sort of corner the Rommel dog, like all the barnyard animals do, and they're like, instead of chasing Garfield, you should chase Pants. Oh yeah, it's, I'm sorry, uh, he is not here. No kitty? Oh, but kitty! They're like, why don't we play tug of war with these pants? Trousers, 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 trousers. And then he goes off and he eats Billy Connolly's dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it, then it, Rommel shows up and bites his dick. A dog showed up, John. Yeah, a dog showed up and bit his dick. It happened. It finally happened. It really happened. And it Bill happened, Con- and you can you can see it for yourself yeah. in Garfield: A yeah. Tale of Two Kitties. Yep, there it is. A dog bites his dick in Garfield: A Tale of Two Kitties. The his turns out to have been Billy Connolly. Who knew? Who knew that his was Billy Connolly? That's correct. It was Billy Connolly's dick the whole time. The whole time. That is some <laughs> Shyamalan level nonsense. <laughs> Oh my god, it's actually 1883, and it was Billy Connolly's dick. (laughs) 
You got Billy Connolly's dick. What a twist. So, yeah. Uh, what happens instead of Garfield dying, though, is he ends up basically having one of those stupid twin, we think it's a mirror oh, uh, yeah. montage yeah, things. He's, he's basically, he gets locked up in a dungeon for a while. Uh, and then he gets let out of the dungeon by some of the barnyard animals. And he's like, uh, I'm leaving. And when he leaves, he leaves through the garden. And he passes through a little garden arch where, of course, they have to do the, oh, there's two of us and it's a mirror scene. And it's... It's weird to me because those are always like, oh, I need to test to see if this is a mirror by doing weird things. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, man, either you think something is a mirror and you walk past it and it was the same as you and you go, huh, and leave. Or you go, oh, wait, that's not a mirror and you touch it. Yeah, you touch it. That's what the first thing you do. Uh, well, we, what I was hoping desperately throughout this whole, because it's like five fucking minutes of Dark Garfield dancing around shtick here, yeah. was that it just was a mirror. Yeah, it's we're, we're giving a fake out that it's Prince and it's actually just Garfield in front of a mirror and then finally he does touch it and is like oh that is a mirror okay mm, okay and then prince comes around the corner <laughs> hello i'm prince hello. i was not in the mirror at any time i was watching the whole thing <laughs> you're a, you're quite an idiot can't resist a classic bit of shtick now can i <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah that they do that and then it turns out that they are immediately buddies yeah because they're both fat I guess. Yeah, and they organize some fucking Home Alone style shit. This is weird. So at this point, we haven't even mentioned the character of Roger Reese in this movie, but he's like a lawyer who kind who who. Uh, yeah, he's in charge of like the estate. He is he is reluctantly required to hand over control of the estate to Billy Connolly. He does not want to. No, but if Prince dies or goes missing, then it uh, reverts to Connolly. Right. So he's there to basically get all the paperwork in order. So at this point, uh, Billy Connolly is meeting with. Roger Reese and the rest of his team in some room in the building. And all we have to do for the movie to be over is for Prince to just walk on in there and be like, I'm not dead. Yeah, they but know it's... that this is what Billy Connolly is trying to do, and they know that they won't sign this property over to him as long as Prince is alive, which means all that either Garfield or Prince needs to do is jump up and be like, hello, I'm here in front of these lawyers, and everything's fine. But instead, they decide to do a Scooby-Doo bullshit chase scene with him. Yeah, so they lure him out of the room that all these other lawyers and shit are in by having either Garfield or Prince show up in the room where only Billy Connolly can see him and then lure him out of there so he goes on a chase instead of, you know, just walking over and jumping on the table and being like, look, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> this has all been a waste of time. But, but so we have to chase him around instead. Yeah, which, I mean, gets to the point where Connolly freaks the fuck out at the very end, grabs a crossbow, and holds Liz hostage because the place where she's speaking at is Carlisle Castle. So she's on a tour group, but leaves the tour group and shows up by herself in this room with lawyers and Billy Connolly. One of the weirdest things to me in this movie is that we don't get any follow-up on the Liz has a big speech to do in London scene. Oh, goodness. That never ha that, that speech never happens. Nothing like it ever happens. No, because that was just the contrivance to get us here. Yeah. But anyway, so at this point, he manages to get Liz and he's holding her hostage. Uh, the woman who wants to build the condos there shows up and he just immediately takes her hostage. And then he sees the two different Garfield-looking cats and he goes like, well, I'll just kill one. And don't worry, I have plenty of ammunition. Oh, that doing Prince's voice. Don't worry, I have plenty of ammunition for both. And we're like, no, you don't. You have a crossbow. You have a crossbow. The second you shoot one bolt, you are done. Yeah, you're done. You And you're also holding someone hostage. You can't rewind that fucking thing. No, but uh, Odie comes in and saves the day by biting him on the butt. He bit his butt. And then the crossbow goes flying and lands in John's hands. Who immediately sets it aside and punches Billy Connolly. Yeah, great. Uh, so that's the end of Billy Connolly's character. And, and we you, get know, a, you know how this movie ends? Why, why CGI would a big, dance party. A big CGI dumbass dance party with two Garfields dancing around being breakdancing and nonsense. Oh, I say, do you know the Carlisle jig? <laughs> it goes like this. Yeah, what? No. I mean, maybe, maybe Prince is like, yeah, I'm into dancing because I'm not Garfield and I'm not as lazy, maybe. But Garfield, again, is like, yo, let me show you some street moves. Let me break it down. Why? Stop it, Garfield. You are not hood. 
Do not do break dancing. So every animal in the entire barnyard gets together and has a dancey dance party. There's a huge party. Oh boy. And it, I, I think John gets an award and Liz gets to marry John and, and uh, Garfield agrees to let Liz marry John, even though in the beginning of the movie he didn't really want John to marry Liz. Yeah, he was like, don't do that. She's a vet. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was his reasoning? Yeah. I thought it was just that he didn't want change in the house. I mean, also that, but his bacon was like, dude, don't bring a vet into the house. She'll get mad at how fat I am. Boom. Look, I am, look, if there's any one thing in the world that can spur me to action, it's being forced to evaluate my own self-worth. <laughs> I will go to insane lengths to avoid that. Yeah. So that that's the movie. That is that is how that ends with a big dumb CGI dance scene. Uh, yeah, and uh, at no point did either of us ever laugh at anything that actually happened in the movie. We had a lot of great laughs about things that could have happened in the movie that would have yeah, been great. That was that was a a oh man man this could have been great if there had been jokes. Yeah, if you had just inserted some jokes into this, that would be great. Oh, that would be fantastic. But no. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and do our best and worst in the movie. Jeff, give me the highlight of this film. Uh, uh, Tim Curry's voice work? Sure, why not? Yeah, Tim Curry and actually also uh, Bob Hoskins. I was going to say, if you take Tim Curry, I'm taking Bob Hoskins. Fair enough, I'll leave him for you. Tim Curry's voice work is fine. He does a charming sort of lazy, dumb cat voice in this, and, and I enjoyed it a great deal. Yeah, and Bob Hoskins is amazing. Uh, both of them, you're like, oh, that's immediately recognizable as who they are. Yes. Like the second you hear Tim Curry being Garfield, you're like, hey, Tim Curry. And then you hear Winston, you're like, hey, that's Bob Hoskins. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I love hearing Bob Hoskins' voice come out of a fucking bulldog. It's perfect. What else? What other kind of animal would Bob Hoskins possibly voice and you'd like it anywhere near as much? Yeah, it was great. A hedgehog, maybe? No, maybe a pig. Maybe, but no. Yeah. It's got to be a bulldog. Maybe a Mario. <laughs> maybe a Mario. <laughs> it's me. I'm a plumber. Mario Mario. I'm from New York. Ah, sure you are. Okay, yeah, all right. That sounds right. I'm willing to buy that. You sound like an Italian guy in New York as Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Doing a Bob Hoskins impression. He just being Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Boy, what? Oh, I'm Mario Lion. <laughs> I was in Her Majesty's Secret Air Service, I was. I'll kill you. Look, look at me, funny. <laughs> uh, worst part of the movie? Uh, everything that wasn't Tim Curry's voice. I, I uh, let's see. Garfield? Give me, give me one thing. Garfield. Garfield. Garfield is completely mischaracterized. Yeah, it uh, is the assassination of his character. He, he just, it, you feel sorry for Bill Murray in this situation because Bill Murray is just loaded with jokes. Like there are a thousand things that they have Bill Murray say. Uh, any given scene where Garfield's on on screen, he is joking the whole time. Oh, look at that. Here I go. Oh, I'm going to be hungry for that later. Oh, I want lasagna. Oh, no, noodles. Oh, and if Odie was any bigger, he'd be the queen. Oh, and here comes a brush. It's just like that. Just let's see if any of this shit sticks and none of it's ever funny. No, because it's all like the worst Garfield material. Yeah. And there's no way you can read Garfield out loud and have it be funny. Yeah, the, the, not, not a chance in hell. So basically, you just feel sorry for Bill Murray for having to spool his shit off. You know, just instead of writing something so that Garfield is never not talking, Think of one funny thing for him to say and have him say that instead. Yeah. You don't need him to be, like, this constant stream of shtick. So, Garfield is the worst part of this movie. Garfield is the worst part of Garfield. Yes, what this would, would you... be a better movie if it was Garfield without Garfield. That's right, Garfield without Garfield, a tale of one kitty. Yeah, well... If it was just Prince. I would prefer it as Garfield without John. <laughs> Wait, are you going to say John's the worst part of this movie? No. Uh, I'm probably going to have to say that the worst part of this movie is the, uh, the actual plot of Billy Connolly's character to get rid of this cat because all of it is that sort of very g-rated like i'll throw this cat in a river i'm like no you don't put him in a basket and throw him in a river that basket floats you drown that motherfucker and make sure he is dead you snap his neck he's a nine pound cat yeah like and again when you see like oh the this new cat has shown up and it's Garfield. You're like, oh, I've got to figure, how do I get rid of this cat? I'm like, dude, it is a fucking cat. You killed the cat. And it's not an especially fast one either. No. If you were like, here, kitty, I've got a treat. He would show up and be like, great, I love treats. Okay, that treat is that I'm stepping on your head. Done, we win. Yeah, like, it's it's bad and Billy Connolly is bad and his reactions to things are bad. It's not Billy Connolly's fault. No, it's, this movie is awful and treats its many, many stars the worst way. I love Billy Connolly. Oh, yeah. 
Bill Connolly's one of my favorite British actors to see show up in something, but this is him doing Faulty Towers cosplay. Yeah, it's it's very sad. This movie is very sad. Yeah, the whole thing just makes you sad. So now we're going to give our rating 0 to 5. Each of us will give us the rating. We'll get our rating out of 10. Well, I hate to haul it out, John, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw this thing a 1. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's probably fair. There were no jokes in it. Uh, I don't care to watch CGI animals dance and sing. Uh, none of it made any sense. But on the other hand, it wasn't actively offensive at any point. Yeah, so, I, think, I, I think that's why I'm going to give it a one and a half. Yeah, I, I think you have to go below. To get below a one for me, it has to either be offensive or literally not a film. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give it a one and a half because it's... I mean, like you say, there's never a point where it's funny. It doesn't really use any of its celebrities well. Nope. But it also doesn't have anything that I'm like, God, this was terrible. Like, it made me angry at it. It was just a film on mm-hmm. in the background. Like, that's all that this felt like it was. Oh, yeah. This is a perfect folding laundry movie. Yeah. Nothing is going to happen here where you're like, oh, no, I missed something. Or, oh, boy, I I, I really wish I hadn't seen that. You're I feel like, like oh. I missed things. How the fuck did he get to London? He was in a fucking bag. He got a plan. No, not him. John. Oh, he got in a bag. <laughs> he got in a bag. He used that, that bag travel that we invented for that one game that one time. That yeah, he, get, he ringed himself there. He just ringed himself there in a bag so yeah a two and a half out of ten this is not a not a good film this is a bad film this is a bad film that you shouldn't watch i love lasagna and i hate this movie true and mondays and normal and being forced to confront the fact that i have depression <laughs> i hate therapy i hate having to see a doctor uh so there you go thank you so much for listening to our review of garfield at tale of two kitties uh we will of course be back in a couple weeks with more movie mastery be sure to check out the website go to systemmasterypodcast.com go to our movie mastery tab find our in theaters now because you can vote for what we are going to see in theaters for november we're going to have the uh, stuff up there, so go ahead make sure you figure out now what you want us to do. Figure out if you want us to review something that you would like us to know about, or if you just want to torture us. No, just torture us. That's what everyone does. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, while you are on the website, you can check out all our other wonderful shows. We've got System Mastery, our RPG review. We've got Expounded Universe, where we are reading through Star Wars Expanded Universe books that are really, really bad. Yeah, pretty much. Trying yeah. to trying to find bad ones. Yeah, and uh, we've got a, a new afterthought up because well, we Gamma both, Crawl yeah. X failed. Yeah, Gamma Crawl X fell apart again. And so we did an extra afterthought just for you, the listener. Yep, so we've got so much stuff for you to listen to, so much stuff for you to buy if you go to our website. You can buy t-shirts. You could buy a, a onesie for a kid. Yeah, we did that once. Yeah. You can do anything you want. I'm going to have to buy a onesie for my kid pretty soon. Yeah, it's like ZomboCom. You can do anything you want at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Do whatever. It's fine. I don't Uh, care. Hack it. See if you can get it done. And if you like us, you like what you hear, you can, of course, go to Patreon.com slash SystemMastery. Give us any amount of money. You unlock our bonus content for System Mastery. But really, what you do is you help us continue to do this show. You continue to let us live and breathe in this world where neither of us have a job. Oh, we're getting close. It's getting real close, guys. Real close to the edge. Real, real close. We're about to break. <laughs> the So, yeah, go ahead and do that. Leave us reviews on iTunes or whatever. Yeah, just whatever. Go anywhere at all and leave us reviews. Fucking spray paint it on the side of a building. I don't give a shit. Go into random forum discussions that aren't even about podcasts and just talk about how great our show is. Do it. And, uh, of course, you can talk to us on Twitter, Facebook, or our Discord, which is the only sticky thing on our Twitter is the Discord channel. Uh, It will be by the time this episode comes out, because the one I have up there right now is expired. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, Until next time, though, you have a good one.